0: Welcome to the Chasing Presence Podcast, co-hosted by Santiago and Mike. This is a space where we share our insights for how to live a more spiritually aligned life. Join us on our journey to expand consciousness, live with purpose, and awaken to our true nature. Today we are going to be talking about forgiveness. Forgiveness and how we can learn to forgive other people for things that they have done to hurt us how we can learn to perhaps forgive ourselves for maybe some of our shortcomings in the past or maybe ways in which we've transgressed other people and learning how to at the very least cope but hopefully navigate effectively this emotion this this not really an emotion i guess but how to deal with the regrets that we have in our lives, how to deal with the pain that we've experienced in our lives and ultimately let go of the, let go of any kind of malice or, um, anger or resentment for things that have been done wrong to us or that we've done to others. And learning to come to peace, I guess, is really what it is. Learning to to come to a place of inner peace with the things that have happened in our lives so we can clear away those blockages and find um, a new level of spiritual alignment that can help us to progress and um, ultimately experience more states of joy, more states of gratitude, more states of peace. Because if you're holding on to resentments and angers towards yourself or other people and you're not forgiving, it ultimately is really just causing a detrimental impact to yourself. You're really only hurting uh, yourself when you you are unable to forgive. But nonetheless, even though we are saying this, it can be incredibly difficult to forgive other people. It can be incredibly difficult to let go of any ill will or any negative emotions associated with things that have happened to us in the past. And so we wanna discuss ways in which we can learn to forgive other people and learn to forgive ourselves. Mike, what are your thoughts?
1: So forgiveness is a tricky one, because I feel like a lot of people associate forgiveness with basically allowing the wrongs of other people to kind of just skate by in in a sense, meaning that like, I, I used to believe forgiveness is just like if someone like, you know, stabs one of your family members to death, just being like, I forgive you. But it's like, it's not that simple, you know? It's not like saying, oh, that was okay, because it clearly wasn't. But, you know, it's not good to hang on to things that have happened to us and hang on to the emotions associated with that for obvious reasons, because that's going to hold us back from being more of our authentic authentic self and experiencing joy in the future. So I think the idea with forgiveness is to so a large part of it is acceptance. We did it. We did um, an episode on acceptance way back when, um, but it's you have to accept that something has happened. You have to come to terms with the fact that some perceived negative event did happen, whether it was done to yourself by you or done to you by somebody else just accepting that it happened. And it's, it's that idea. It's like, we we can't control what happens to us. And when we try to control what happens to us, we kind of get into that mindset where it's like, oh, if this happens, I'm going to be sad. It's, it's developing a belief in your mind that you have to have control and that if reality is in a certain way, then, then you're going to suffer basically. And that, that, that that's where you know, the first step of forgiveness is acceptance. But I think before that, it's kind of just like grieving, in a sense, it's really feeling the negative emotions um, that the event not not the event causes, but that clearly you, your body is, is eliciting based on what's happening in your experience. And it's very important for that to happen. In my opinion, it's it's the idea that negative emotions are kind of like a a guidance system for us. Because if someone does something to you, right, and you're you don't feel negative emotions, you're just going to continue allowing them to do that thing. It's like it's kind of like the idea that uh, what what's it called? Leprosy, I think it is, where it's like if you if you can't feel a wound that is on your leg, for example, and it continues to fester. But because you can't really feel the pain, you continue to allow it to fester and you don't realize it. And then after a certain point, it's like infected. And you know, it it could like send you to the hospital. So the idea is you have to feel pain in order to like understand where to go next with these sort of things. Um, Especially when it comes to acceptance. So, you know, when someone breaks up with you, someone cheats on you, you know, whatnot, you, you have to feel that pain. <laughs> you, you just have to so that you know how to heal the wound. Because if you're not aware that the wound exists, then it's going to fester and it's going to affect you even more negatively. Um, so grieving and feeling the pain needs to happen before you can accept that it even happened in my in my humble opinion. Um, and then once that happens, then you can begin to accept and then you can begin to forgive. And it's not this and and I know, we'll go more into detail about what forgiveness actually is. And maybe some of the examples um, that we or some of the anecdotes that we have gone through in our life in terms of forgiveness. But on a very basic level, in my opinion, and after doing like some subtle research on it, it seems like forgiveness is more or less letting go of the the feelings of anger, resentment, or you know, whatever negative emotions associated with a certain experience that you had, accepting that it happened, but not necessarily allowing it to happen again. Because if you have those, you know, extreme negative emotions, then I mean, the idea is to not want to have that certain circumstance happen again, because the negative emotions are telling you, hey, bro, this is this is not okay. You know, it's like, You need those negative emotions to understand that you don't want this to happen to you otherwise it would just continue happening to you the wound would fester you know what i mean so forgiveness is just saying i'm going to let go of those feelings but i'm not necessarily going to allow you know let's say it's a a person that did something bad perceived negative um, action to you i'm not going to allow them to do that again or if they do i'm going to distance myself from them. But I'm going to let go of the feelings of anger and resentment in me because it's just not serving me. So that's kind of my, my surface level definition of forgiveness.
0: Some people will say, forgive and forget. I don't completely agree with that. I think, you know, forgive and don't forget. Now, some people will say, Well, if you're if if you don't forget, you're still holding on. No, you're not necessarily holding on emotionally like you said, when, you, when you're when you able to forgive, which is essentially being able to accept what happened for what it was and process those emotions in a healthy way, and then you still remember what happened, you're able to prevent that wrongdoing from occurring again, whether it means distancing yourself from that individual or finding ways to not put yourself in certain scenarios where you know you're likely to either be re, um, you know, re-traumatized or hurt again in some sort of way. You don't wanna just completely forget what happened because like you said, um, you can easily experience that same pain again and again and again if you don't learn from it. So we want to learn from the experiences we have. We want to learn. And it's also, th- again, like I mentioned in the beginning, things we do to other people. So you can eventually come to a place where you forgive yourself maybe for something you did wrong to someone. But you should still remember that that you know what you did was not good, right? And what you did was immoral or that it hurt someone else. So that way you prevent yourself from repeating those same wrongdoings so you know forgive but don't forget but that but it's important to be able to distinguish that just because you're not forgetting doesn't mean that you're still holding on to the emotions associated with whatever event happened that hurt you or hurt someone else and so i completely agree with what you're saying with regards to that because we do have to the pain is pain is a good motivator and pain is a good signal and and there's many different examples of this you know um this is just one one area in life where pain is a good example but you know, when we go through pain, it is telling us that, hey, something is, something is off, something is not right, you know, you shouldn't be doing this, or you shouldn't be putting yourself in this circumstance or this situation, because it is ultimately going to cause long-term negative consequences to your mind, body, and spirit. So we want to make sure that we're being aware of the actions we take and the actions that people take towards us, um, so that, you know, we we can, Be more conscious of the types of situations we put ourselves in but at the same time what forgiveness is really about is coming to a place of of acceptance for what has happened in combination with being able to process those negative emotions in a healthy way so they're they're, they no longer trigger you and they're no longer a source of trauma in your life and so i used to think when i was younger that forgiveness and this is still something i struggle with to be honest this concept of forgiveness but I used to think it, it meant, like, if I was forgiving someone, it would mean that I had to have, it was externally focused. Like, I was focusing on forgiving that person, which means that I now have to have um, a sense of, I don't know, either, either a neutral feeling or even a sense of um, compassion or love towards that person. And I guess that's theoretically possible, but I think what forgiveness, ha- that's a really tall order, especially if someone did something really messed up. Like if someone, you know, um, murdered or raped someone you really love, it's going to be very difficult to come to a place where you now have compassion for that person. It's possible, but I mean, I don't know that that's necessarily what we're trying to get to when it comes to forgiveness. I think forgiveness is more so um, coming to a place where within yourself you've come um, you've come to a place where you're no longer harboring resentment and you're letting go and you're and you're processing that trauma in a healthy way so it's no longer tugging at you and causing you to be depressed or causing you to um, react in irrational ways and reactive ways when things come up that might trigger you because of whatever happened in the past. And so, um, you know, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe, you know, the goal of forgiveness is to truly have compassion for those individuals. I think one way that you could do that is by realizing that ultimately the person doing that, you know, whatever it was that they did wrong, um, was a result of the traumas that happened to them in their past, and those cycles being repeated, and them acting unconsciously. And they they um, are a product of, uh, in many ways, a product of their environment, and that's what caused them to do these terrible things. And if they had maybe had more love and support in their lives, they wouldn't have done those terrible things. But yeah, man, it's 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 tricky. It's very difficult to, especially when something has, has been done to you specifically or to someone you love specifically, it's very difficult, um, to come to terms with that. But, you know, for me, I know that let's, let's try to reverse the situation where it's things that I've done wrong to harm people. Now I've never done anything super terrible. I've never done anything like really, really, really bad, but I have definitely, you know, we've talked about this before, like back in school, there were some people who I used to bully, um, nothing severe. Like I wasn't, <laughs> I wasn't like trying to like, throw people in lockers or. You know do crazy stuff like that but there was definitely some people who i was mean to and who i was uh, verbally abusive towards when i was a kid in school in certain circumstances and it took me a long time to forgive myself but eventually i came to the realization that you know i was a child and a lot of the things i was doing were the result of um, issues that i had in my home life and in my life in general and i was projecting that onto them and you know, this it's it's difficult because this is also a situation where I was a child and now I'm an adult, and so a very different person. You know, it's hard. You can't really compare yourself in that way. But it still, I think, still applies the the idea that um, oftentimes when people hurt other people, it's it's a result of the hurt that they've experienced themselves, and they're passing that on and spreading that to other people. It doesn't it doesn't mean it's justified. It doesn't mean that. They get a get out of jail free pass for that you know and that they shouldn't be held accountable for their behaviors um i don't know what are your thoughts because this is, this is kind of a tricky one
1: yeah i mean i basically i agree with you i think it's tricky but i think it's very simple um and the so <laughs> when when we when we did our shrooms trip in uh topanga we, we we did an episode on that we talked about this idea that you know a soul might exist um, and that it's kind of like an e- egoic thing in a higher dimension. But, um, if you, if you go, I, I still am more of the, I guess you could call it belief understanding. It's probably belief because there's no empirical evidence, but it, it's my, my belief is that everyone is just expressed through one awareness and that there is no egoic you know, soul that gets put into your body that has its own experiences, you know, because in that case, if your soul was put into Hitler's body, then it would have been different. And my belief is that no, it's not different that if you're put into Hitler's body, you're going to be Hitler. And if you're put into like, some other person's body that wrongs you, you do the exact same things that they did. Um, And with that belief, you know, and obviously, every everything is subjective, some people, you know, might say souls exist, whatever. And there's nothing wrong with that. I'm still, I'm still open minded to that potentially being a thing. I, I think that's one of the insights that I got from that is that I'm just going to be more open minded to something like that. Um, because I haven't had any subjective experiences that really uh, tips the scale in my favor when it comes to like changing that belief. I'm open, I'm opening, I'm open to it changing. But yeah, with that understanding, everyone is just a product of their environment. And based on the experience that they had and how their parents raised them, and you really cannot blame anyone for how they are. But it is everyone's individual responsibility to take accountability for their own actions, right? So um, it's one of those things where they are human and they're a product of their environment and you, forget, you, you forgive them for that or you, like you have compassion for them for that alone. Um, It's hard to have, you know, it's hard to forgive or have compassion for a serial killer, for example. But when you realize that if you were put into those exact same situations, subject to the exact same traumas, that they were subject to, you'd probably end up doing the exact same things that they're doing. And when you kind of have that perspective, you have a little bit of you have more compassion towards these people, so it's a lot easier to forgive them when you have that perspective. Um, but it's it's still difficult. That's why I'm saying it's like if you have that belief, then it's simple to understand, you know, to have compassion for these people. That doesn't mean that it's easy. Um, and yeah, just like you, by the way, you know, I I was bullied, but I also bullied, you know. Um, so it's it's one of those things where you know i'm assuming a lot of those people maybe not a lot but you know a decent amount of people who were bullies in high school they they probably like don't do it anymore you know it's just one of those things people children are very egoic and they're largely just products of their environment and their parents so it's like you can't blame them for being who they for for being that i i personally have forgiven all of those people if i saw them again i would i mean i might like maybe have some like like internal trauma, like come up, but like, I've just like forgiven them entirely, you know, even though like some some shit happened. It's like, like, what are you gonna do? It happened. Number one, there's nothing you can do about that. And I, I just don't blame them for for being who they are based on, you know, their environment and their own experiences. There's and I forgive myself for also doing those things, because it it can't be any different. It happened. And that's it. And now you just you take responsibility for that. It's like, when people say like you aren't your past you know i i'm starting to have the opinion or belief that it's a little bit more complicated than you aren't your past it's like i i understand it's like if you were thrown into a desert and you you had no memories you would just be an aware being right um and there would be nothing to it you're just aware you are and that's it but to a certain extent you have a past and you have experiences to learn from them so that in you in the present moment going forward you can be more aligned with who you who you truly are right because a lot of those past experiences that you perceived as negative you're not really being who you are so now you use those as as um you know um not milestones but as ways to improve or ways to make sure that you don't repeat the past mistakes. The past is there so you don't repeat those mistakes in the present, you know? So um, I think to a certain extent you are your past so that you – or maybe your past is a way for you to kind of be more of yourself and not repeat those things that kind of like misaligns you from yourself, so I think the past is very important in that sense. I know the past doesn't exist. I know it's just a concept for the most part. Um, but I think it's important in 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 that sense. I mean, you know, you access your past in the present. You imagine about the future in the present. I understand that. But to you, to you, the past is very real because it fucking happened to you, you know? Um, so I think I think in that case, like. It is important. I know you aren't your past. You are the present moment. You still have access to the past and you can still use that to inform the future, to inform, you know, the way that you carry yourself going forward. Um and yeah, so it's it's difficult to forgive these people, but in my opinion, holding that perspective that I just stated makes it a lot easier. To forgive, in my opinion, and the thing is, forgiveness is very important in moving forward in life. And it, I'm, I'm not going to say my belief is better than anyone else's because it's not. Everything is subjective. But having beliefs, or you know, faith, belief, I that's a tricky thing. I think we should do an entire podcast on the difference between faith and belief because I think those are two very different things, personally. But any type of belief, faith, whatever you want to call it, opinion that allows you to forgive people the easiest, I think is getting closer to the truth. I mean, a- any any belief that kind of like puts you more into the present and makes you a more love and compassion individual is probably closer to the truth. I know there are a lot of, you know, very very religious people that hold on to like, you know, these kind of like fake beliefs that are very loving and compassionate. That's a little bit of a different thing. I understand that. Um, But yeah, so that's, that's my, that's my take on being able to uh, be compassionate towards towards people because I think having compassion goes hand in hand with forgiving.
0: I think reframing past experiences that have happened to you or that you have either that have happened to you or that you did to other people as as something that was, that occurred for the purpose of your growth and development spiritually is a very empowering way to think about past experiences that are harmful rather than being a victim and saying, Oh, I have X, Y, and Z issues in my life. I have whatever social anxiety and depression or, you know, if financial struggles or health issues because of what this person did to me, and and I am a victim, and you know, if only those things didn't happen, then I'd be happy, then I'd have a good life, then I'd be the kind of person that I want to be. Even if let's just say that all of that is true, which it's it's probably only partially true, but let's just say it is true. Believing in that narrative, all that that does is disempower you and causes you to stay stuck in that state. So choosing a different belief like you just talked about, choosing a different belief system, a different viewpoint, a different perspective where, hey, these things happen so I could learn lessons. These things happen so I could build resilience. These things happen so I could become stronger and more aware and more conscientious and maybe even was the catalyst for my spiritual awakening so that I can continue to grow and then eventually down the road, you know, give back and serve others and help them through similar challenges and struggles because I'll have the empathy and the perspective to be able to do that now you're empowering yourself to go to this to this to this other level of growth and development where not only are you healing yourself and having a positive outlook on what you want to do with your own life but you're now also able to give back and serve your friends your family your community etc to help them get through their struggles and and be more conscientious individuals so i think reframing the things that have happened to you instead of thinking oh this hurt me i'm a victim reframing it in a way that is empowering is, is one way to go about forgiveness as well. You know, that can be incredibly helping you in saying, Hey, you know, that person five, 10 years ago, they did this to me or they did this to someone I loved, but ultimately that has had this, that has had a benefit in this way, right? Even though it was extremely painful and, and it was not good for them to do that. Like they shouldn't have done that if, if they were living a moral life, it has, it has, in the end ended up benefiting me in these ways and so you know i I forgive them for what they did they were acting unconsciously they were acting as a result of the traumas and pain that they've endured and bad conditioning that they went through and i'm going to move forward and not hold on to that anymore because they say you know what is it like not forgiving someone is like drinking poison and expecting the other person to get sick like all of that anger and resentment that you're projecting towards someone else is only causing you more harm. It's only it's only holding yourself back. You're just allowing them to continue to have control over you, not directly, like they don't know it necessarily, but you're allowing those past experiences and the things they did to you to continue to negatively impact you even after that experience has happened. And so in some ways, you are still living in the past, and the past is very real, right? Even though, you know, in theory, all that exists is the eternal now, in a way your ego is still latching onto those past experiences and living in that past. And it's causing you to stay stuck there. And it's preventing you from attracting a new abundant reality. I mean, something that I've struggled with in many, many ways. I mean, one of the things that, that helped me was I had an, um, I went an ayahuasca retreat like a year and a half ago and it was my first one ever. And during the first ceremony, I had three or four different major downloads during that during that ceremony. And one of the downloads, was forgiveness, and forgiveness is something that I had always struggled with, and even even to even till now, it's still one of the things that I have a hard time with. Um, but during that download and that experience, I was able to embody this energy of forgiveness to all of the people who have ever done wrong by me. And then after that experience, I'm not going to go into the the details of the whole thing, but essentially afterwards, I, I worked on integrating it and you know, embodying that energy. And it helped me definitely forgive many people who I felt um, wronged me in the past, whether it was people from school, um, certain family members, you know, and so forgiveness is also like, there's an, at least in that experience, there was like an energy and a feeling to it. And that was filled with compassion. So I think I really do think that compassion, like you mentioned, is kind of goes hand in hand with forgiveness, like compassion, empathy, these things, um, are very well paired with this concept of forgiveness, and I think end up being a byproduct if you're really reaching those those deepest levels um, of forgiveness that occur. And then another thing I wanted to also talk about was I, I read a book recently called The Book of Joy by the Dalai Lama and Desmond Tutu. And in this book, um, they talk about eight different pillars of joy, and one of those pillars is forgiveness. And with within the pillar of forgiveness, there is an exercise called The Fourfold Path of Forgiveness. And so I'm just gonna read some parts from the book to go over what these four steps are, because um, I think it's, it's a great way to go about learning to forgive. It's a very practical, tactical um, exercise that people can do um, if they're having a hard time finding ways to maybe forgive people and let go of things that have happened. So step number one is telling your story. All forgiveness must begin by facing the truth. You can write down in a journal, or tell a trusted friend what happened. Telling your story also allows you to integrate the memories in your consciousness and diffuse some of your emotional reactivity. And then number two is naming the hurt. So after you tell your story, either you write it down, you tell a friend, um, you reflect on it, you then name the hurt. So the facts are the facts, but these experiences cause strong emotions and pain, which are important to name. As you watch the situation unfold around your distant self, try to understand his or her feelings. This part that I'm reading now is kind of an extension of part of the first one that I didn't read out. But essentially what you want to do is, is ask yourself, you know, where are you feeling the pain? What does it feel like? Where in your body are you feeling it? Um, and be, being aware of it, having the, the mindfulness and the awareness to be able to talk about where you're feeling that pain and the qualities of that pain. And then number three is granting forgiveness. So the ability to forgive comes from the recognition of our shared humanity and the acknowledgement that inevitably because we are human, we hurt and are hurt by one another. Can you accept the humanity of the person who hurt you and the fact that they likely hurt you out of their own suffering? And then number four is renewing or releasing the relationship. Once you have forgiven someone, you must make the important decision of whether you want to renew the relationship or release it. If the trauma is significant, there is no going back to the relationship that you had before, but there is the opportunity for a new relationship. When you renew relationships, we can, be, we can benefit from healing our family or community. When we release the relationship, we can move on, especially if we can truly wish the best for the person who has harmed us and recognize that they, like us, simply want to avoid suffering and be happy in their life. So what are your thoughts on that, um, that step or anything else that I mentioned?
1: So let, let me recap that. So it sounds like the first one is tell your story, write it down. The second one is name the emotions, basically figure out exactly what emotions you are feeling. Um, the third one is then once you basically understand the story, and once you understand what you're feeling, then you can begin to forgive and let go. And then the, the fourth is basically, okay, where do I go from here? Do I renew the relationship? Or do I let it go? Is that basically a good synopsis. Yes. Okay, I really like that. I think, I think that's kind of what we've been saying this entire time. It's um, so when I'm going through a rough time, my process usually is to because I feel like forgiveness applies to quite literally any negative event that you perceive in your experience. So I mean, it doesn't really matter if one person does you wrong, if you did, like, if you do something that causes you anxiety, for example, processing those emotions, the end is usually forgiveness, or like, I guess that third step where the and then the fourth is where do I go from here? So it sounds like forgiveness is a very important process that is literally being you if we're, you know, if we're actually processing our emotions, in in a healthy way, it's kind of this catal not this catalyst, but this very important step in the in the greater process of moving forward, just regardless, like it doesn't have to be someone who wronged you it, it doesn't have to be you that wrong someone else, but it has to do with anything that happens in your experience, that is like causing some misalignment with, with your authentic being. So I really like that for those four steps. But like, you know, I kind of recently went through a, a little bit of a not traumatic, but a depressive episode. And um, I'm really glad I went through it. And I'm actually, you know, w- whenever it comes to depressive episodes like this, um, I'm not, I'm not going to say I'm looking forward to it. But I, I will say that I'm very okay with it happening now, because of my pr- the process that I have, um, and the awareness that I have when I'm going through it, and the knowing that every single time I go through something like that with this level of awareness, I always come out stronger. So like now it's like, I'm not really worried um, about, about that potentially coming up again, like those strong feelings coming up again, because I've gone through it enough with and with enough awareness to know that I can get through it and to know that I can forgive myself or forgive other people. Um, And going through that, those four steps, again, usually, my first step is to journal, to immediately write something down because, you know, one thing you can do is you can go on a walk and think about it. So like if you, if you're really good at like processing your thoughts and understanding what you're thinking about, then you don't need to journal. For me, I find journaling very therapeutic because, you know, at the end of the day, we are uh, a human being. We're living uh, a largely conceptual experience. So language is very important to, um, kind of like embed certain concepts in our mind that we can then use to move forward or to understand what's happening to us in this in this very chaotic universe. So I think journaling is very conducive to kind of like starting that process to like fully understand what's happening to you. So I think, you know, it it can be used in steps 1 and 2. Um so I I do have a therapist that I'm seeing right now, not not because I'm not because I need the therapist, but I, I enjoy, I, I literally enjoy going to therapy. Uh, I, I have a family therapist right now, and then my school, Icon Collective, has free group therapy sessions uh, that I go to weekly, which, by the way, group therapy is, I, I'm a big fan of group therapy right now because it's really cool, or not cool, but it you when you see, Kind of like see other people explaining their problems it's not it sometimes it can feel like you're the only one going through the pain that you're going through and when you see other people like kind of detailing out their problems you know getting a little bit emotional um it's just proof that it's not just you going through the suffering literally everyone else is and i know like consciously sometimes we we're just like oh yeah i know everyone else like suffers but when you actually see it in the flesh, when you actually see people opening up and going through this, it's why it's why like alcoholics and on anonymous is like, and like narcotics anonymous, for example, is like very therapeutic for people um, because you see other people going through this and you, it kind of like develops empathy. Um, it, it gives you the understanding that it's not just you. And that's like, you know, it's not, it, it kind of helps against victimization because you're just like oh my God, my life sucks, I'm experiencing this. And then you see everyone else like basically going through their own struggles and hardships and you're like, oh, yeah, like it's not just me. Um, So that's really nice. Um, So yeah, I'm going to a therapist and and group therapy. But the reason why I brought this up in the first place is because um, my therapist basically gave me a list of emotions, right? Um, That basically what I try to do is, you know, I first journal about my experience, try to understand what's happening. And then what I try to do is to label like, I know we're not supposed to label things, blah, blah, blah. But when it comes to like this experience and understanding things, you, you kind of have to use labels to like, really understand what emotions you're going through and to like, at least begin to process them in a way that's healthy before you can really like fully understand yourself, which, you know, obviously comes with a lot of time and going through adverse experiences. But the, this part of the process is literally picking out emotions that you're feeling and, and like writing them down, like, like you said, in step two, where you're, you're identifying the pain, you're identifying the exact emotions that you're experiencing. And this part just goes into the understanding. And it is in my humble opinion, that you can't fully accept a situation has happened to you until you fully understand what's going on. Right? So that's why I think journaling is very important. Um, Some people actually talk to themselves. So it's like, there's journaling, And then some people literally talk to themselves in the mirror. And like, like at first, like when I heard this, I was just like, oh, that's fucking weird talking to yourself. Um, First of all, we've both done TikToks and there's a lot of people who do TikToks. And don't tell me that like you recording a video isn't fucking talking to yourself. It basically is to a certain extent. So first of all, there's nothing wrong with talking to yourself. And there's actually, you know, um, psychiatric studies that say like, talking to yourself is healthy to a certain extent. Obviously, if you're schizophrenic, and you're talking to another voice in your head, that's a different story. But when it comes to like articulating your thoughts, journaling, or talking to yourself, both of those things have this have this way of helping your understanding of a thing by sheer articulation, either through pen or through your vocal cords, right? Um so I think those two things are very important and to accept that that go into the process of acceptance, which then once you fully accept it things, it's very easy to forgive and and to not like continue latching on to this um past experience that is causing you to get basically be stuck in the past, stuck in these mental loops, you know um so, yeah, those. I think those two first steps that you know, journaling, going on walks, talking to yourself can can really help you understand things. Um, and then you know, like we were talking about before, moving forward after that, it's it's basically okay. Now you've you've let go of, of the feelings. You understand what happened. Um, where do we go from here? You know, um, and ultimately that's up to your own intuition. You know, it's it's like you need to like kind of like just feel your body at the, at a given point, like if you're in a relationship with someone and they hurt you and you process the emotions and then you, you know, you forgive them and then you come to the conclusion, okay, do I see this person doing this multiple times? Or is this something that just happened, you know, kind of like as, as an exception and I'm willing to, you know, give them another chance and, and, and forgive. Um, and, you know, there's this idea that it's like, oh, if somebody does this, I'm done, you know, it's like, it really just depends on how you're feeling about it. Because like, for me, there's been certain instances in the past where it's like, this person, you know, did this one thing, and I was like, okay, I processed the emotions. And then I'm just like, um, I'm going to give them a second chance. Because it's, it's, sometimes people just make mistakes, man. It's like, th- th- there's, there's, that's like another part of like, compassion. It's like, Some people literally just make mistakes. And if that person, if you know that that person isn't aware, like a conscious being who is trying to improve themselves, then I believe that you should just forgive them and renew the relationship, you know? But if that person is, as we like to say on this podcast, an NPC, and they're not very aware of what they're doing, then maybe it'd be good to take a step back from from that relationship. Um, so that is my thoughts. I really like that four-step process and I think I've been unknowingly doing that four-step process. Um, but yeah, that's my
0: thoughts. Yeah. A lot of the spiritual, uh, practices of awareness and, you know, the stuff similar to that four-step process and things along those lines can really be applied to a lot of different things. It's not just a one a one-to-one type of fix. Like it can be used for anger. It can be used for forgiveness. It can be used for anxiety. It can be used for a lot of different things. It's applicable kind of across the board. And look, no one goes through life unscathed. Everyone um, is going to get scars, you know, at some point along their life and their journey. And so it's like you mentioned with um, the Alcoholics Anonymous and like being in that environment makes you realize that, Oh, I'm not going through this alone because a lot of times people when they're going through some sort of pain or hardship they can it can feel like you know there's this illusion that you're the only one going through this and you're going through it alone and you know again it, it, that can lead you down to a very dark place when you feel like you're the only one going through a difficult thing but when you realize that other people are going through similar challenges um, it allows you to, to not feel so alone and it allows you to develop more compassion and more empathy And, um, maybe it even gives you like a greater sense of, of strength, you know, going through that hardship because you know, it's not just you, you know, in, in this book, the book of joy that I just mentioned, um, the Dalai Lama explains it. I don't remember the exact way that he described it, but essentially he was like, well, when we think about, you know, our pain and other people's pain, you shouldn't think about it as being separate or binary, like, Oh. Let me compare my struggle to someone else's or, oh, I'm, I'm going through, I have it harder than someone else. The way he described it was if you kind of, you take a small circle, right? And that circle is you, right? It's your ego and it's all the pain and the trauma associated with the things you've gone through in life. Instead of viewing everyone else as a separate circle that's away from you and and in this dualistic perspective that there's your circle and there's someone else's circle, instead the way to view it is to widen your own circle to encompass Everyone else, and you realize that you know the the pain, the depression, the anxiety, the trauma, the hate, whatever it is that you're experiencing, is part of our of our larger shared humanity. It's a human thing that so many so many people go through. And when you do that, it allows you to take the focus off yourself, right? It allows you to not feel like you know this me me me, I I I mentality of. You know, i'm going through this i'm going through that you realize it's oh it's a we thing like we're we're all going through this we're all going through these challenges and it's interesting because he also talks about how like they've done studies that the more people use the word i or me in their day-to-day life like there's a strong correlation between the more you use the words i and me and being dissatisfied in life and having like negative emotions because the focus is just on yourself whereas when you say we and us uh, it allows you to make you feel like you're part of something greater than yourself and that can you know, there's strength in that, there's comfort in that, there's, um, there's a lot of benefit to have that kind of uh, perspective. Um, and then, uh, oh, yeah, and then the other thing you're talking about, too, along those same lines is like, you're like, oh, I kind of, I'm kind of happy when I experience, not happy, but you, you see the benefit sometimes in having like these depressive states, and you kind of welcome them. That's, I'm, I've also come to a similar realization within the last year as well, that, you know, because I have, I've had, chronic depression through, uh, over half my life. And I used to be like, oh man, this depression's hitting this, this is sucks, this is terrible. And yes, you know, it does suck. You shouldn't label it as that, but for the sake of this conversation, it, it can suck, right? Like you're in this bad state, but I try to reframe it as a spiritual fitness test, right? So what what is a spiritual fitness test? Well, it's like similar to a physical fitness test, except it's a spiritual challenge that you're going through. So when you're doing a really hard workout. Let's just say you're lifting weights or you're going on a a really hard run. When you're going through that, it's physically painful, but you know that on the other end of that is growth. Like you're going to get more fit. You're going to get stronger. You're going to have more endurance. Well, with a lot of these spiritual types of pains and difficulties we go through, like depression, for example, um, when you're going through that bout, uh, if you're able to use your mindfulness and awareness to get yourself out of that state, even if it lasts 30 minutes, an hour, several hours, whatever, you come out of it with more resilience and now you have past reference points. Like I have a lot of reference points from my past of going through depressive bouts. So when I go through it now, it's, it's much, I'm more adept at being able to navigate the experience. Cause I know that I've gone through similar experiences in the past and worse. And so when you have those reference points from the past, it makes it easier to go through them again. And you know that as you go through it, you'll have, you know, there's, there's so many, there's so many benefits to it. Like one is I have more um, empathy and compassion than I used to have because of the pain that I've experienced with mental illness. And so I have more compassion for other people because I know what it's like um, to be in those dark states. And then another benefit is I have, like I, like I just mentioned, I, I have more resilience and more grit than I used to. So I'm not as easily bogged down or defeated by negative emotions because i know that ultimately i can push through it that they're temporary they always pass they always pass um it's they're, they're impermanent they're like clouds in the sky they pass and you'll experience a good state again and so i know that and so i don't let it i don't let it overwhelm me and overcome me now if you're in a place where you're and i've been there before where the depression is constant and chronic and you're in it 24 7 you know Every single day, that is a problem where you are going to want to seek some professional help to get you to a place where that's not the case. Um, you know, because obviously, in that case, it, it's even if it is technically uh, impermanent, because eventually it'll pass. Even if it's years or whatever, or God forbid, you end up and uh, taking away your own life. The idea there is that that's a more chronic condition that you are going to need to get more professional help with, get you to a higher baseline level of well-being, and then it won't be as common. But for most people, that's not the case, and. You know, these bouts of depression and anxiety or loneliness or whatever negative emotion you want to call out, they typically don't last very, very long, you know, and you're able to push through and you're able to get out of it. And um, knowing that should also give you a sense of confidence in yourself um, and in your own ability to navigate difficult situations and circumstances. Um, Yeah, I don't know if I had any other other thoughts based on that. I think there was one other thing, but I'm not remembering at the moment.
1: Yeah. Um, I'm starting to realize because, you know, people always say, or, you know, I just I've heard this, and you know, it it could be wrong, but I don't I think it's a generally accepted thing. um, That your 20s are the the time of your life, or your the 30s are the time of your life. And I'm just like, I don't agree with that at all. Because the more negative experiences you go through the easier it is to deal with more and i think as you age it life gets better because you're able to i mean as long as you're being a more aware human being you know and you're really treating these negative experiences or perceived negative experiences you know it, it's one of those things where like, if you look at it in the long term, they're not negative experiences, because everything that has is perceived as negative, usually, like allows you to grow. But like you said, for the sake of the conversation, in the moment, you have negative emotions that produce hormones that give you pain. So in the moment, it's negative, even though in the future, that negative moment may cause something positive, right? The more you go through, it's, it's just like exposure therapy, the more you go through, but you know, with awareness, the easier it gets, and the stronger you become, which is why I'm not afraid of aging anymore. Because I know, because I know that, because of the perspective that I have on my, my own pain and suffering, that with, you know, I'm, going I'm going to be going through a lot more of those, because guess what, we have family members, and they are going to age, and they are going to die, and we are going to grieve. That's just what's going to happen, right. And even worse things can happen you know it's like your, your your friend can get hit by a bus you could get hit by a bus so it's like there there is the only thing that is guaranteed is suffering for the most part is is pain um but the more you go through the the stronger you become um and when you you had that perspective that anything bad that you perceive happening usually ends up making you stronger you're not really afraid of anything bad happening anymore. You kind of just are, I mean, there's always fear as it's happening, or, you know, there's always grief when it's happening. Um, But I think as you come to terms with a lot of, you know, your own negative experiences and you frame them in this positive way, you stop fearing the future. You start just like just accepting the present moment and being okay with the fact that, you know, you're going to feel like shit sometimes and when you do if you go through it with awareness and ha- and continue to have that positive mindset that you're going to be better for it so the the more you go through it and the more you just continually improve your mindset the better it's going to get you know but like if you don't do those things then when you do have negative experiences and you just kind of like latch onto it and be a victim then you're not going to get better through those you know so i think it really depends on your mindset as you're going through those negative experiences and the more you go through with that mindset, the better it's going to get, which is why I'm excited to age, um, at least right now. Um, but I, I do have one a few quotes that I want to say before the end of this. did Do you remember what you were gonna say?
0: Yeah. Um, so you know just just one more thing then before you you share those quotes. So it's just important to realize that, uh, just as a part of being a human being and going through life, people are going to do messed up things to you at, at different points in your life. Now, there's things you can do to prevent that and to mitigate the amount that um, people harm you by having strong boundaries, by carrying yourself a certain way, by being conscientious of the people you spend your time around. And just, you know, if you're listening to this podcast, that means that you're probably on a path of awakening of some sort, whatever that might look like for you. And that alone is, um, can be a gift to the world because you are most likely going to behave more consciously in your life than the average person and therefore not inflict that pain onto other people. And so that's a plus, right? And many people who are on a path of awakening have gone through traumas and because of those traumas entered into that path of awakening. And so there is a silver lining there and um, people will do messed up things. It's important to understand that. And to ultimately accept that, that doesn't mean you have to renew the relationship. Like the Dalai Lama says, you can choose to release it. You can choose to avoid being around those types of people. You know, I had, um, I used to have a friend who I'm pretty sure had NPD, which is narcissistic personality disorder. For those of you who don't know what that is, you can look it up, but you know, he wasn't a bad person, but he was very, very self-centered and. Um, didn't have much regard and respect for other people's time and energy. And eventually that was a relationship, a friendship that I decided to release because it just, he wasn't changing. He wasn't showing signs of growth. Um, Even though he was a highly charismatic individual, highly sociable, highly intelligent, very driven, he had good qualities. Ultimately his self-centeredness was something that I could not accept in my life. And so I decided to forgive him and release that relationship. I don't harbor any resentment for some of the ways that he acted. But at the same time, I know that if I continued in that friendship, it would not have been beneficial for myself and would have ultimately been toxic and taxing for me. And so I released it. So that's an example of when you can choose to release something that's no longer serving you while still forgiving that person for who they are and what they've done. Um, I do want to share one quote as well before you share yours. And so we can have more than one quote today. Um, We're going to have three. All right, let's do it. So <laughs> The quote this quote is from Lewis B. Smedes. To forgive is to set a prisoner free and discover that the prisoner was you.
1: And my first quote is Genuine forgiveness does not deny anger, but faces it head on by Alice Duerr Miller. And the last one that I'm going to say is forgiveness is the fragrance the violet sheds on the heel that has crushed it mark twain
0: thank you so much for listening to this episode of the chasing presence podcast if you enjoyed it please spread the word by telling your family and friends and by sharing it on social media you can also show us your support by leaving a review Also, if you'd like to get in touch with us, our contact information is in the show notes. Please send us a message as we'd love to hear from you and get your feedback. As always, thanks again for listening. Stay present and have a great day.